I think uh, wearing a face mask, I don't know, somehow, I don't see it for myself. The can, second you, can you take it off because I cannot hear I'll, you? I'll just speak louder, sir. Oh, this, okay, because you want to be politically correct. Go ahead. No, sir, I just want to wear go the mask. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It affects virtually nobody. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking... 200 feet away from it, he shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. Funny news, the President of the United States now confirming to the world that he and the First Lady of the United States have both tested positive for the coronavirus. It is what it is. Yep. It is what it is. Isn't it? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something Right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you I am Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe for you every day on the internets for your listening convenience. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Bird and Square Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker. And all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Well, the uh, Professor Sarah Parsak of uh, University of Alabama tweeted on Saturday, quote, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died on Rosh Hashanah. The tax story from the New York Times broke on Yom Kippur. Major COVID super spreader event for Republicans confirmed on Sukkot before adding Simchat Torah is next weekend. You've been warned. A little smile, perhaps, to start out the show today for our Jewish friends. Hi, Desi Doyen. Hey. You not being one of those Jewish friends, but <laughs> hopefully you get a smile anyway. Yeah, because uh, be ready. Things yeah, are changing fast. Yeah, that, that, things people do sure come and go quickly around here, don't they? <laughs> uh, you, you really got to wonder if RBG is actually pulling some strings here at this point from beyond the grave. <laughs> Um, Anand Girid Haradas, uh, the author, uh, cites that major super uh, that major COVID super spreader event 
as the White House Rose Garden ceremony a week ago Saturday, um, where they announced Donald Trump's announced his nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, which was filled with Republican luminaries, many of whom have since tested positive for COVID. Well, uh, Girid Haradis writes that Donald Trump hosted a super spreader event to honor a nominated justice who would have the government control your body but refuse the duty to care for it. And when the virus he helped go around came around, he availed of the health care he would deny others, financed by the taxes he refuses to pay. That about sums it all up, don't it? It's pretty well said. Well, it hasn't even been a week since the disastrous, obnoxious first and now maybe last presidential debate last Tuesday night between Donald Trump and Joe Biden has not even been a week since that. It has been just barely over a week since some 20 years of Donald Trump's tax return records reportedly showed that he hadn't been that he hadn't paid any federal income taxes for at least 10 of the 15 years before running for president, and then just $750 a year in those taxes when he ran in 2016, and again during his first year in the White House, just $750. We don't have records for his tax returns thereafter, after that first year in office. But how much did you pay in federal income taxes those years? Nonetheless, all of that was seemingly blown away by the news on Thursday night that the president and first lady tested positive for COVID-19 before Donald Trump was then rushed by helicopter to Walter Reed Medical Center on Friday before a series of convoluted and misleading and contradictory and evasive updates on Trump's condition from his medical staff over the weekend. And as now at least 11 people close to the president have since announced that they, too, have tested positive for the coronavirus. That includes three U.S. senators so far, Mike Lee of Utah, Ron Johnson of uh, Wisconsin and Tom Tillis of North Carolina, as well as senior presidential aides Hope Hicks and Kellyanne Conway. Her daughter now, too, by the way, Desi, don't know if you heard. No. Her daughter now has it as well. Wow. So thanks, Mom. And on uh, Monday morning, White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany announced that she, too, has now tested positive after days of giving maskless briefings to the press in the tiny White House briefing room. Also, the chair of Trump's reelection campaign, Bill Stepien, he's got it, as does the chair of the RNC itself, Ronna Romney McDaniel. So, yeah, Ronna has got the Rona. <laughs> They have tested positive, uh, among other uh, less well-known folks who work closely with Trump, almost entirely without masks, as he was likely shedding virus onto everyone who came close to him over at least part of the last week. How much of the last week? We don't know, because his doctors will not tell us exactly when was the last time Donald Trump had a negative test actually taken. I'm beginning to wonder if he took them at all, as he claimed, oh, he used to take them all the time. I'm beginning to wonder if he took them at all or if he just forced everyone around him to take them and thought, well, if they've taken them and they're negative, then I don't have to worry about it. 
all of which has now seemingly upended the presidential campaign where more than three million votes have already been cast in an election where uh, voting, if not counting, ends in less than a month from today on November 3. It also may have upended the rush to ram through the Supreme Court nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett, a nominee uh, made closer to any election uh, than in, in any other in U.S. history to fill the seat vacated by the late progressive icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg as two of the Republican senators who tested positive so far, Lee, Mike Lee and Tom Tillis, both sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee. That could be a problem, Des. <laughs> there is. Uh, well, yes. If uh, well, I didn't know. I had to look up the numbers here. But uh, the Republican majority on the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, is a two seat majority. They have uh, 12 members. The Democrats have 10. And therefore, that could affect the ability to get uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett through that committee at all. If two of the senators have the covid and aren't able to show up and vote. It could also be a problem to get her nomination through a floor vote in the U.S. Senate before Election Day, even as Republicans are still vowing to make that happen somehow amidst all of this, no matter how many more people uh, all of this may make sick or potentially kill. All of that in the wake of the almost entirely mask-free event at the White House just one week ago Saturday to announce Barrett's nomination, as that appears indeed to have been another Trump-sponsored super-spreader event where he, this time, may have been the super-spreader-in-chief. Isn't it ironic? And sad and pathetic. Yes. But yes... Ironic. Uh, not that any of this has uh, seemingly helped kick the White House into gear to take any of this more seriously. One of the three journalists who work at the White House uh, who have tested positive for the coronavirus over the past week said that more than a week after he believes he became infected, White House staffers have still not reached out to him about contact tracing. New York Times correspondent Michael Shear said Monday in an interview on CNN that, quote, nobody from the White House has said boo and asked anything about where I was or who I talked to or who else I might have infected. And so I think that that just shows uh, shows you that they are not taking it seriously, at least as it pertains to themselves. Scheer said he thinks he contracted the virus on September 26 when the White House hosted a ceremony in the Rose Garden to nominate Amy Coney Barrett. At least seven attendees at that specific event have since tested positive for the virus, in addition to the three journalists. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, said on CNN that contract tracers should reach out to everyone who attended the Rose Garden event. But I guess they're in no rush. Doesn't appear that they are. Fauci, who is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said on Monday, quote, if you have a situation where someone comes into contact and is infected and you know that there are people around him, that the important public health measure is to do the identification, isolation and contact tracing. As of Saturday, there was little evidence that the White House had reached out to 
anybody potentially exposed by the president himself. A contact tracing team from the CDC was ready to help, but say they have not been asked to mobilize, according to multiple sources reported by The Washington Post. So even now, even now, the White House is failing. Even now, they don't understand that the disease requires not only masks for everyone, but a serious testing and contact tracing regime that has never been stood up by this administration in the nine months or so since the virus has run out of control in this country, killing more than 210,000 Americans and infecting some seven and a half million in this country none of whom has received the attention or the care or expansive and experimental medical treatments that Donald Trump has received over the past three days since he finally let the world know that, yes, he's a carrier. So welcome to the broadcast. Let's say it's good to be back uh, after our friend Nicole Sandler filled in for us on an impossible Friday show as all of this was first breaking. Thank you very much, Nicole. As 538.com notes, it has now been a few days since Donald Trump announced that he and First Lady Melania Trump tested positive for COVID-19. And since the president was transferred to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center for treatment this week, they note... We're starting to get polls now conducted since the news of Trump's positive test first broke. A new ABC Ipsos poll conducted on Friday and Saturday, for example, found that 72 percent of American adults said Donald Trump did not take the risk of contracting the virus seriously enough. And an identical 72 percent said that he did not take appropriate precautions when it came to his personal health. I would like to open the phones uh, shortly to your thoughts about what all of this means for the presidential campaign and for the election moving forward. And yes, for the nomination process uh, for Amy Coney Barrett or uh, COVID Coney, as some are now somewhat unfairly describing her. <laughs> yes, it's not her fault necessarily. Well, it's a little her fault. <laughs> Um, I'd like to open the phones uh, shortly uh, with your thoughts. Our number is 818-985-5735 if you would like to ring in. Um, since the truth is, uh, you may know as much about what is going on as I do today. You may know as much about what is going on as anybody in the media does today. Given the mountain of lies and evasions and half-truths being issued by the White House and, the, uh, and, and Trump's own medical team over the past several days. So if you'd like to speak out on what happens from here, what all of this means, how you think this may affect the election, whether the upcoming scheduled debates will now happen at all, 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. Des, do you think those presidential debates are going to happen? You know, it's a good question because right now we're in this sort of this limbo place. It's actually like Schrodinger's Trump because he is both <laughs> getting better and not getting better. We have no idea what his condition is, yeah. but the doctors say, hey, it's great, but there's also serious. Nobody so knows. Nobody knows. Nobody so knows. there's no way to know right now. Nobody knows. We're in a position where you cannot trust even the medical team, the, 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 the White House doctor 
the medical team from Johns Hopkins University, from Walter Reed, when they come out and talk to us, we cannot believe a word that they say. That's an extraordinary moment in American history, it seems to me. Yeah, and something that I think people ought to remember is that the doctors at Walter Reed are military, and so they are under the direct command of the President of the United States. So that I think they have a very impossible tension they also must work with in that the person who is their commanding officer, they also have to try to manage him and manage the information that gets out to the public. And I think they're doing a terrible job of it. <laughs> I had now I had a bunch of stuff that I had hoped to get to to talk about today when we stood down on Thursday to take care of some business over a long weekend, including a guest who I've now postponed uh, and some follow up on a huge story that we broke on this program on Thursday which has now since gone viral on Twitter uh, regarding the state of Georgia completely wiping and reinstalling new uncertified, untested software on their brand new, already failed, 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that are being used for the first time this year. This all happened just days before early voting is to begin in the Peach State. Kind of a remarkable story. We talked about it in great detail on Thursday. It has been kicking up a lot of dust on the Twitters ever since. The use of uncertified software... Uh, on voting systems is a violation of Georgia state election law at the very least, and a ruling from a federal court, a federal judge, is expected any time now in a long-running suit uh, that we have been uh, reporting on for years uh, to prevent the use of these voting systems. Um, Not unlike the uh, unverifiable touchscreen voting systems, by the way, that we use right here in Los Angeles County now, Uh, that uh, voters are forced to use at the polling place for the first time this year. Hopefully you have received your absentee ballot instead if you live anywhere in California. Um, And hopefully you plan to hand mark that ballot and deliver it in person to an early voting site or to a Dropbox rather than uh, vote on the uh, uh, unverifiable touchscreens at the polling places here in Los Angeles County. Uh, in any event, if you missed that Georgia story, please go check it out at bradblog.com. You can download the show. You can read uh, my report on that uh, on that show. Share it with your friends. Retweet the links on Twitter if you like. You'll find me at the Brad Blog. You can also tweet me there throughout this hour. Uh, there's also some serious new voter suppression going on now in the great state of Texas, thanks to its Republican governor. But we will have to get back to all of that in the days ahead, uh, I'm guessing and uh, hoping about one half hour now before uh, his medical team was to brief the public on his latest condition outside Walter Reed. Donald Trump tweeted, it will be uh, I will be leaving the the great Walter Reed Medical Center today. At 6.30 p.m., this was about a half hour before his uh, medical team was to brief the public on Monday, he said, quote, feeling really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. Now, of course, it should be pointed out that Trump is receiving medical treatments that very few in the world are receiving, including an experimental antibody treatment made by Regeneron that only, I believe, 10 others in the entire world have had so far, ever. It should also be understood that he is receiving a steroid treatment called dexamethasone, 
with, uh, that is recommended by the WHO and the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases only for those who are facing serious and critical illness. So uh, was he uh, facing a serious or critical illness that required these very serious drugs? Or was he just over-treated for whatever he is going through because he's the president and he demanded it? Either way, as uh, experts and those who have been on dexamethasone have been making very clear, it can cause manic behavior. There's great news, eh, Des? Uh, that's just what this guy needs. Uh, and it, the use of that uh, steroid can also mask symptoms so that patients feel better before they actually are better, which might explain his, uh, quote, I feel better than I did 20 years ago comment. Yes. Not to mention a bizarre series of all-caps tweets, about 20 of them this morning. Uh, I may get to some of that later. Well, I'll just say that uh, yeah. Dr. Paul Summergrad, who's the chair of psychiatry at Tufts University Medical School, he said dexamethasone can cause frank mania or more severe depressive states and causes neuropsychiatric symptoms and severe delirium that the press ought to be asking the medical team about. And how would we know if Donald Trump was going through any of that? Right. He's already manic. He's already uh, goes be back and <laughs> forth between depression. Yeah. How would you know? In any event, those are some of the questions, uh, including, by the way, when Donald Trump last tested negative for the virus, that his medical team, led by uh, White House military doctor Commander Sean Conley, once again refused to answer during the press briefing this afternoon. Shortly after Trump's tweet, uh, tweet announcing that he was leaving Walter Reed on Monday night and going back to the White House, Trump's expected return comes as the uh, scale of the outbreak within the White House itself is still being uncovered. Press Secretary Kylie McEnany, as I, as I noted, announced that she had tested positive for the virus on Monday morning. She is now said to be entering quarantine. Conley uh, was also upbeat at the afternoon briefing, said the president could resume his normal schedule once, quote, there is no evidence of live virus still present. But he also cautioned that it was, quote, uncharted territory having a patient receive such aggressive medications so early in the course of a disease. And he said Trump would not be fully out of the woods for at least another week. Conley repeatedly declined to share results of medical scans of Trump's lungs, saying he was not at liberty to discuss that information, uh, that uh, Trump did not waive doctor-patient confidentiality on the subject, though apparently he waived it for all of the good news that uh, <laughs> Trump wanted people to know about, just not apparently the bad news that he hopes to keep a secret from the American public. It was unclear how long Trump would remain in isolation at the White House. According to the CDC, those with mild to moderate symptoms can be contagious for as many uh, for, for as many as 10 days, and they should isolate for at least that long, at least that long. Trump's nonchalant message, however, about not fearing the virus comes just one day after he suggested that he finally grasped the true nature of the virus, saying in a video purportedly uh, taken at uh, uh, John's at uh, Walter, Walter Reed. Reed, saying, quote, I get it now. But moments later, uh, he left the hospital and he was sitting inside an SUV with others suggesting otherwise, suggesting very much that he does not get it. On Sunday afternoon, he 
briefly ventured out of the hospital while contagious to wave to cheering supporters by motorcade around the parking lot, I guess, at Walter Reed, an outing that uh, disregarded precautions that are meant to contain the virus. Medical experts and Secret Service officials were reportedly infuriated by that. Dr. James Phillips Chief of Disaster Medicine at George Washington University, also a uh, he's also a physician at Walter Reed. He tweeted, quote, presidential uh, the, the presidential SUV is not only bulletproof, but hermetically sealed against chemical attack. The risk of covid-19 transmission inside is as high as it gets outside of medical procedures. He said the irresponsibility is astounding. My thoughts are with the Secret Service who were forced to play. Current and former Secret Service agents and medical professionals were aghast on Sunday night. At Trump's trip outside the hospital, according to The Washington Post, saying that the president endangered those inside his SUV, for a publicity stunt, multiple aides who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the deliberations also called his evening outing an unnecessary risk, but said it was not surprising because Trump had said he was bored in the hospital, according to advisors. Bored. I'm sure the families of those Secret Service members will uh, be put at ease to know, well, he was bored. That's all he could do. You know, he had to go do something. He couldn't be bored. A growing number of those agents have been concerned about the president's indifference to the health risks that they face when traveling with him in public. A few reacted with outrage to the trip, says the Post, asking how Trump's desire to be seen outside his hospital suite justified the jeopardy to agents protecting him. He's not even pretending to care now, one agent said. Another former Secret Service member said, where are the adults? Trump wore a cloth mask in that car as he waved from the back after announcing that he would, quote, pay a little surprise to some of the great patriots that we have out on the street. But the face covering was little comfort to doctors who took to Twitter to criticize uh, the trip. Uh, 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 Syed Omar of Yale said uh, masks help, but they are not an impenetrable force field. James Phillips, who I quoted earlier, said every single person in the vehicle during that completely unnecessary presidential drive-by just now has to be quarantined for 14 days. They might get sick. They might die for political theater commanded by Trump to put their lives at risk. This, he said, is insanity. Phillips said the risk of viral transmission inside the car is as high as it gets. By taking a joyride outside Walter Reed, the president is placing the Secret Service detail at grave risk. Knowingly. He yep. knowingly put all of those people at risk, not just, you know, the people that he's seen at those previous events, the White House Rose Garden event, the debate event. He's putting his supporters, the Secret Service agents, the custodians, the waiters, the cooks, the, the folks aboard Marine One and Air Force One. All of them have been put at risk and their families. And he doesn't give a damn. Because now he's going back to the White House and he's going to be around all of those same people again, I guess. 
Uh, uh, Sean, uh, Dr. Conley said on Sunday when uh, he was called out on, uh, you know, lying to the public and to the media about uh, Trump's need to receive supplemental oxygen on both Friday and Saturday, he said, well, he was, quote, trying to reflect the upbeat attitude that the team, the president over his course of illness has had. So, you know, they wanted to stay upbeat because they know the president is watching and these uh, briefings are not for the public. These briefings apparently are for Donald Trump. The disclosure about his oxygen levels and his steroid treatment suggested the president is enduring more than a mild case of COVID-19. Signs of pneumonia or other lung damage could be detected in scans before a patient feels short of breath. But the president's doctors declined several times to say what they have seen on those scans. Asked about uh, Conley's lack of transparency, White House aide Elisa Farah suggested the doctors were speaking as much to the president as to the American public. When you're treating a patient, you want to project confidence. You want to lift their spirits. And that was the intent. So in other words, uh, those quote unquote press briefings you are seeing, they are not for you. They are not for the press. They are for the president who lives in a fantasy land. And I believe we should take nothing that uh, we hear in those briefings particularly seriously. Many in the White House are also now reportedly shaken and scared and nervous that they have been exposed to the virus and confronting the reality that what seemed like a bubble of safety has now become a COVID-19 hotspot. It took until late Sunday, late Sunday, for the White House to send a generic note to staffers suggesting that they uh, not come into the building if they do not feel well. Late Sunday. We are nine months into this crisis, and I suspect there is uh, nobody who works anywhere in America at this point who has not been told, hey, if you don't feel well, stay home. Anyway, uh, let's get to some of your calls. We'll take a quick break here. Uh, 818-985-5735. I know a lot of you want to ring in on this. Uh, If you're listening uh, live today in uh, Southern California or anywhere else around the country, do you have confidence in the doctor's assessment of Donald Trump right now? And how do you think this is going to affect the election moving forward one way or another for Donald Trump, for Joe Biden, for America? 818-985-KPFK is our number. Uh, And we haven't even gotten into uh, details yet, but do you believe the uh, confirmation process for Amy Coney Barrett will now be able to move forward in the Senate with so far, so far, three Republican U.S. senators announcing that they have the virus How many more have it but are being told by Mitch McConnell to not get tested right now? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Quick break, and we are back with your calls right here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at Brad. Bradblog.com slash donate. That's Bradblog.com slash donate. 
and thanks. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Yeah. Don't take your news from doctors these days, at least not from Donald Trump's doctors. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, our phone number is 818-985-KPFK. I'm going to turn to you momentarily. But once again, Trump's doctors gave another brief, often evasive, seemingly overly optimistic press briefing outside of Walter Reed on Monday. Uh, just before we headed over to the studio here today with the White House physician, Dr. Sean Conley, saying that while Trump is going back to the White House on Monday night, he is, quote, not out of the woods yet. You said that seven to 10 days was a window that you'd be concerned about. I don't think we're there yet. So do you have concerns about potential worsening or reversal? And what are your plans for addressing that if it were to happen? You're, you're absolutely right. And that's why uh, we all remain cautiously optimistic um, and on guard uh, because we're in a bit of uncharted territory when it comes to a patient that received the therapies he has so early in the course. Um, so we're looking to this weekend, if we can get through to Monday with him remaining the same or improving better yet, uh, then we will all take that final deep sigh of relief. Um, but as I said, 24-7, world-class medical care surrounding him down there. Uh, we're not going to miss anything that uh, we would have caught up here. So uh, when he talks about uh, we won't know if we're out of the woods really until Monday, he's talking about next Monday, a week from now. So uh, we have not been able to get uh, too much response uh, to that briefing yet uh, as it uh, aired just before we headed over to the studio. There was uh, this quote, however, from CNN's Jake Tapper right afterwards, um, uh, actually after Donald Trump had tweeted that he was leaving the hospital on Monday night and uh, telling people, quote, don't be afraid of COVID. President Trump still downplaying the severity of the coronavirus pandemic. Don't be afraid of COVID, he says. A virus that has now killed, killed nearly 210,000 Americans and infected 7.4 million people in the U.S., many of whom are still battling serious health effects. Let's uh, let's jump right to the phones here. I got more. We'll get back to it in a bit. But let's go to uh, where am I? Suzanne in West Hollywood. Hey, Suzanne, welcome to the broadcast. Suzanne, are you there? Hello. There you are. Hey, yep, Suzanne, yeah. you're on the air. What's up? Um, well, uh, I've been uh, watching and, and uh, reading from Yahoo News mm -hmm. and um, Dr. Sanjay Goodrich. Gutta said uh, basically that there are several scenarios that really could be happening. One, he could be a lot sicker than he's leading on, mm -hmm. and the doctors are giving him these, you know, experimental harsh drugs because he's doing worse than he's saying. Or he told the doctors, just throw everything, throw all the kitchen sink at me, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I want to go home, I want to campaign. Um, what is interesting to me is, uh, according to Mary Trump and David K. Johnson, who you guys had on KPFK, um, is that this is a man who will never admit it's a sign of weakness, according to his family mm. tree, uh, to admit ever being sick. Yep. And if he is 
narcissistic as we know he is, like uh, mm-hmm. clinically malignantly narcissistic. Yeah, he never he will never admit it. So um, I don't think it's going to reflect very well. Um, I've been um, watching Republican voters against Trump, and as of like a day or two ago, they're still really angry, and yeah. most of the their reasons why they've switched from. Uh, uh, Trump to Biden mm-hmm. is because they're worried about uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, uh, you know that's the number one uh, issue that that they're worried about. Yeah, well, and, uh, um, it's interesting that uh, immediately. And by the way, Joe Biden uh, tested negative again today. I think it's his third negative test since he met with Donald Trump last Tuesday in that debate. Uh, he tested negative again, but immediately uh, when uh, it turned out that Trump had the COVID, Biden took down the negative attack ads against Donald Trump, which is something interesting that uh, the Trump campaign has not returned the favor. So they're still running these attack ads on Joe Biden. And by the way, both Joe Biden and Barack Obama put out very kind, generous notes to Donald Trump and the first lady wishing them well. Um, But uh, because Trump is a jerk, uh, there seems to be no such uh, reciprocal actions from him. Thanks, uh, Suzanne. I appreciate that call. There was uh, Sanjay Gupta uh, uh, was speaking with Jake Tapper since she mentioned Sanjay, uh, saying basically, no, this is not the way this is supposed to work at all. Some interesting comments uh, from Sean Con- Commander Conley, uh, who before this episode ha- had a, an impeccable reputation. He was asked why he didn't give all the information yesterday, and he said he was trying to, I'm quoting him now, he was trying to reflect the upbeat attitude of the team and uh, not give any information that would steer the course of his illness. Is that what a physician is supposed to do? No. I mean, uh, you got to be honest. you got to be transparent, and all these details matter. I mean, he's out. He's coming out to brief the public about the president. Uh, that that's that's the briefing that's happening. Uh, if you're going to do that, then you have to be absolutely honest. And it wasn't just sort of conveying an upbeat attitude. Uh, he was. He, it was purposely misleading yesterday about a very basic issue, which is whether or not the president had been on supplemental oxygen. Is one of those issues. That's that's important, Jake, because you know when you look at patients, the way that doctors approach this is we're looking at a patient. We know his age, we know his pre-existing risk factors, you can immediately start to assess his risk. As more data comes in, that risk sort of stratification changes. Uh, if he required oxygen, that definitely indicates that there was some impact, significant impact on his lungs, and that puts him on a different trajectory, may mean different sorts of treatments. It's really, really important. How high was that fever? Still didn't answer. Right. And, and he's still dancing around questions today. Better today, but still dancing around really important questions. When asked, uh, was there a second episode uh, of the president needing supplemental oxygen, he sort of said, well, I don't know. We'd have to check with the nursing staff. He knows. He has to know. It's critical information. I don't know why he would pretend like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll check into that. What do the lung scans show? Does the president have pneumonia or not? They say there were findings, but, you know, um, we're tracking it. Well, what were the findings? So that was actually yesterday, by the way, with uh, after the second briefing, Sanjay Gupta and Jake Tapper on CNN uh, saying, 
Basically, we can't trust, we can't believe anything that we are hearing from the president's doctors. Let's, uh, yeah. Well, I just think it's really important that people understand that it's not just important because he's the president right now and that, you know, major national security issue to know if the president is ill. But the public also needs to know if he's going to be able to be capable of finishing out his term, let alone getting through another one. Yep. Let's go to Mike in Los Angeles. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Bob. You know, they say any lawyer who represents himself as a fool for a client. So any medical patient who gives his doctor's orders of what to order has an insane uh, mm-hmm. uh, lead position. Yeah. Uh, and what's been happening with Trump is a little hard to understand by medical standards as I've ever heard of him. Uh, he took the uh, monoclonal antibodies, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, on Friday, and here we are on Sunday, and he's getting uh, dexamethasone. Uh, these are like two sort of conflicting uh, ideas to treat two different ends of a disease, of a course of a disease. The antibodies to fight the viruses, and mm-hmm. then the, uh, the steroid uh, decadron is to uh, fight the inflammation, the results from uh, the body's immune response and sometimes with COVID over response to the virus. So it's uh, uh, a little sane and uh, uh, schizophrenic to be uh, taking that sort of approach. He's also uh, he's, he's also taking the remdesivir treatment as well, which is an experimental uh, treatment, as I understand it. Uh, I wonder if they're, uh, you know, throwing the sink at this thing uh, because Donald Trump has demanded it, although, interestingly enough, Donald Trump is not taking hydroxychloroquine for all of the months that he's been saying uh, what a miracle drug it is. And, uh, hey, Donald, why don't you take it? Uh, after all, what do you have to lose? Anyway. Yeah, I think it's likely the third, <laughs> the third of Dr. Gupta's choices there that he's just telling them to throw everything into the pot and he'll drink it. Yep. Uh, and it's not a uh, physician in charge yet. Yep. Six months ago, I predicted this uh, by recommending to somebody on another call-in show that they read The Mask of the Red Death by Edgar mm. Allan Poe, yeah. which uh, sort of describes the way people who feel themselves privileged and invulnerable react to diseases and pandemics. Um, and I yep. recommend that to everyone today. The it, Mask. Uh, by the way, about yeah. Mask of the Red Death yep. by Edgar Allan Poe, yep. uh, there is about... I had to research this back then myself and found out that for a person of Trump's age and comorbidities, the chance of risk of death for a COVID-19 infection was about 1 in 10. So we can't be sure that he's going to be around to witness the results of the election. You might be absolutely right, Mike. I hope uh, I hope you're wrong. Uh, thanks for that call. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I hope he survives this. I hope he survives, if nothing else, so that he can see himself lose this uh, election. I hope. I hope he survives so he can see himself lose his business empire. I hope. I hope he survives so he can watch him and his children go to jail. At this point, for this president, uh, death would be too good. 
818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Quick break. We'll come back with more of your calls right after this. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com taking your calls uh, as news reports come in that uh, Donald Trump has now left Walter Reed. He will be arriving at the White House within minutes at this rate. We'll see if he stays there or if he has to go back to Walter Reed at some point or another. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to Joan in Van Nuys. Hey, Joan, welcome to the Bradcast. What's up? Thank you. Um, it's my understanding that he's getting a quid pro, uh, pro quo out of this. I understand he's heavily invested in these drugs. The other thing is I want to ask you is, uh, oh, as far as the military doctor, well, he's just craven. He has an obligation to do no harm. That means no lie, mm-hmm. even if he wants to please Mr. Trump. But the other thing is I'm beginning to think if we're paying for this bill and other Americans go without or have to pay exorbitant co-pays, are mm-hmm. we paying this? And do you think it is possibly one big fat hoax? Because he is the boy who cries wolf too many times. Well, I don't think it's a hoax. I do think that he has COVID. We absolutely are paying for it. The taxpayer is paying for for this. Uh, in this case, the taxpayer uh, for most years does not include Donald Trump because he generally does not pay federal income taxes, at least, which pays for medical treatment for people like the president of the United States, even while the president of the United States is out there uh, lying along with Republicans that somehow... Uh, having taxpayer-funded health care is somehow a terrible thing. It's working out pretty well for uh, for Donald Trump today, it seems to me, Joan. Uh, but no, I, d- I don't think it's a hoax. What's that? So he gets another pass at our expense. Yep. To make, you know, make mistakes. I mean, he yep. always gets affirmation reconfirmed and rewarded for what he does. Yep. So logical. Yep. So let's work hard to make sure that can happen no more between now and November 3rd, Joan. Thanks for the call. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, let me go to uh, JR. Where are we here? In uh, Lawndale. Hey, JR. Welcome to the broadcast. How are you doing? Um, you know what? I agree with the lady that called last, and I was the first one to think this. I think this whole thing is a hoax. He's making it sound like he's got a uh, disease that he doesn't have so he can get reelected. And, and, and the reason I think that is mm-hmm. is because 
is because of um, so he can say that uh, this disease isn't real and nobody has to really worry about it. And uh, I mean, I, I this guy's this guy's a liar anyway. Yes, of I course. Mean, I don't know what you think about it. Well, no, of course he's an unbelievable liar. Uh, that's the only thing that he does well is lie. So uh, I I hear where you're coming from. That said. Um, I guess he would come out of this. He would claim, "Look, I defeated COVID. I'm a great champion. Uh, I'm 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 greater yeah. than COVID." I understand that. Uh, that said, I think he looks pretty damn weak right now. And his whole his his entire uh, life, his career, his presidency is based on the idea of 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 winning, of strength, of being strong. And here he was taken down by the quote unquote invisible enemy. So I don't yeah, think he looks particularly he strong right now. How does he get so well in like three or four days? You're assuming you know, he's most, well. Most remember, no, JR, JR, remember, well, no, not most of the people. The death rate uh, for people around his, uh, his age and his comorbidities like obesity and so forth, the death rate is somewhere right. between 7 and 10%. So it's not unusual that he would live. That said, you're <laughs> suggesting... You're suggesting that he is uh, that he will live. And at this point, we don't know. We have no idea how sick he actually is or isn't because he is such an accomplished liar. And he's uh, convinced all of his doctors that they should lie, too. Thanks. Well, his liars, his doctors are lying for him. Yep. Why Why isn't Bouchy up there? talking for him. Uh, they like to keep Fauci in a box because Fauci has the accidental uh, habit of telling the truth. Thanks, JR. Appreciate your call. Uh, let me go to, uh, where am I here? Uh, Bill in, where's Bill? Bill in Lake Elsinore. Okay, we're going to try to get through a lot of people now, so uh, make your questions or your thoughts, your comments as quick and tight as possible, if you don't mind. Mr. Bill from Lake Elsinore, how are you, sir? Good afternoon, Brad. Glad to uh, hear you and Desi. And a uh, funnier game, but I just was yelling at my radio when you're saying you want to see him survive this and return to good health. And, I do. And, uh, you explained, you explained it, and it was a brilliant explanation. Let him suffer through it. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, thank you, Bill. No, I I would not wish death on anyone, even someone who I despise as much as Donald Trump. And in this case. Uh, we have every reason to want him to live because I think uh, the years uh, following, um, well, hopefully the next few weeks and months uh, are not going to be particularly good ones for uh, for Donald Trump. Let's go to um, uh, where am I here? Uh, Shaheen. There we go. Shaheen in Lakewood. Hey, Shaheen. Welcome to the broadcast. What's up? Hi, how are you? Oh, fantastic. Never better. How are you? Excellent. Um, short term. We cannot be nice anymore as a Democrat. Uh-huh. We have to fight for good. We still took that uh, negative ad, and they're still doing the negative ad. Yep. I mean, what you said, Yep. I hope it stay alive, and you see me lose. So, so, so you don't buy that. You don't buy that Michelle Obama stuff about when they go low, we go high, huh? Exactly. Okay. Thanks, Shaheen. I, I appreciate the call. 818 985 KPFK is our phone number. 
Uh, where are we going here? The board is lit up. I appreciate that. Let's go to, uh, oh, Roger, our old friend in Minneapolis. Hey, Roger, how are you, sir? I'm all right. How are you, Brad? Uh, as I said, never better. Fantastic. Feeling great. Everything is perfect in this world. How can I help you, sir? Have I ever, <laughs> have, have I ever um, rendered the comment mass insanity to this radio program? Uh, I, I don't know. Have you? I don't think so. I do. You should I do have. Um, you know, it's pretty hard to look at the conflicting details around this story and not really wonder if we're being played. I, I, because of the fact that there's an outbreak that envelops uh, a lot of the White House, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to concede that maybe uh, Trump does have this illness. Mm -hmm. But, it, 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 you know, the, the, um, uh, the number of therapies that they are throwing at him, some of which conflict with each other, suggest that they're using the doctor conferences to advertise how many therapies have been developed by Trump. I mean, of course, it's Trump. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe yeah. so. But another argument against this being a hoax, Roger, is uh, why wouldn't he have talked about how great hydroxychloroquine has working for him and that everyone should take it? I mean, if this was all if he was making this up, uh, that would go right along with it. He could say, well, it was actually the hydroxychloroquine that saved my life. I told you I was right. Well, you are aware of the fact that one of the effects of dexamethasone, the uh, uh, steroid mm -hmm. that he's taking, is a sense of euphoria and invincibility. Yep. Um, and and I think that that's a rather dangerous um, adjunct to the insanity that is already the orange yeah. insult. It's, uh, it is, and I think even a worse danger is when he comes down from it and the depression oh, he's going boy. to feel. Uh, anyway, Roger, I appreciate the call. Good to hear from you, my friend. Stay Thanks. well uh, and stay in touch. Let's go to Naomi in Santa Monica. Hey, Naomi, welcome to the Bradcast. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm okay. How are you, Naomi? Listen, on um, the idiot in the White House, I do not believe that he should be treated, and nor should anyone who is cavalier about this disease be treated. We shouldn't waste our therapies. And and I, what I say is, they think it's no big deal and it's a hoax. Mm -hmm. Let them let them deal with it on their own. I don't believe we should waste any resources on these people. Well, and um, yeah, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, no, I hear you, and I understand the feeling. That said, um, I can't go there with you on that. I will treat anyone. I will uh, w hope the best health for anyone, no matter how despicable, no matter how much of an idiot, uh, as you described him, uh, he may be. And by the way, he absolutely is. Uh, but I think we are better than that. But I do hear you, Naomi. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Angie the Cute over on the Twitters uh, writes me at the Brad blog to say, I'm so embarrassed that I somehow haven't been following you. 
Also wanted to let you know that there was a collective yay throughout the house when we found you're still on during the fun drive. Everyone should donate anything they can to the station and you. Thank you, Angie. I appreciate that. Uh, Yes, KPFK is on fun drive right now, so we do appreciate your support. You can use the same number I've been giving out to support this station. Also, you may be hearing this show on another station anywhere around the country, uh, many of which also rely on your support and donations. Uh, Right now, as I always say, more than ever, uh, independent media outlets like this show, like this station, need your support. Please do not take us for granted. Never mind me, the station you're listening to, please do not take it for granted. Uh, Everyone is out here struggling right now, and that was before the COVID crisis began. Now it's really hard, so we really do uh, need your help. Let me see if I can get in uh, one or two more here. Uh, let's go to CJ in San Diego. Hey, CJ, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, how are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Yourself? Oh, good. Great. Really Make good. it quick because I only got a very short time before the top of the hour. CJ, what's up? Okay. Well, let me just say that I've been listening to your show the whole time, and it sounds like I'm really thinking, wow, there's, I haven't heard any Republicans get on your line and talk to you, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, you would think that you'd want to debate with somebody like that. And two, I just have a comment about your comments about being so venomous toward our president, whether it is Joe Biden, Tom Dick or Harry, I don't care who it is, and I, and I, I, just, I just would never speak so poorly of a human being. I would hate somebody to speak like that of you, Brad, or your family member who may be ill. We don't know the facts, all the facts. So if you're going to do the facts, know, know the facts before you, before you try to, you know, you know, pour out your poison on everybody. My poison. Okay, CJ, I, I, I hate to cut you off. I'd let you. I wish you had called in I earlier. I would have given I would have given you a lot more time. Um, but uh, the fact is, this president lied to the country repeatedly for the past nine months, and so far, so far, 210,000 Americans at least are dead, in no small part because of his lies and his poison that continues to kill Americans, more than seven and a half million of which have been infected just like Donald Trump and did not get the care that Donald Trump received for free from this government. I know my facts, CJ, and I know where the poison lies. Give us a call next time earlier. I'd appreciate it. Love to hear from you. Got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to Donna Walker for helping us uh, screen calls today, to my board operator, Federico Garcia, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. You can download our shows anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. That's it. We'll see you there until we see you here, hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.